connecting, growing, and gaining opportunities together. Welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. Today, we are talking to Andrea Svitola and Frank Myers from Splunked about this little thing that a few people have been talking about called cybersecurity. Andreas and Frank, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Michelle. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks for uh, hanging in there with me. I had a little bit of technical difficulties this morning, but I think we've pulled through, so... Now, before we get too deep into this topic of cybersecurity, Frank, why don't you start us off by giving just maybe a little bit of background about yourself and your role at Splunk. Um, It looks like from what we've talked about before, you've worked for almost your entire career helping with strategic technology planning for lots of businesses and organizations. And so how did that path lead you to where you are right now with Splunk? Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Yeah, I, I've I've done a lot of work in in IT leadership roles. I was the CIO at Red Hat. I have run consulting organizations. I've done a lot of this, and and there were there were some of these kind of core problems that just didn't seem to have solutions. And uh, a lot of folks that I've worked with over the years had told me about this this product called Splunk. And so I started looking into it, and really found that it had um, a really interesting. Uh, solution set to problems that have been longstanding in the IT and cybersecurity space. So about five years ago, I came over here to be a strategic advisor in our state and local and higher ed part of our business. It's been a been a blast ever since. That's great. That's really cool. I love, you know, the strategic planning. Yeah, I know we'll be talking about, you know, how that relates to tribes, but that's a, a real good spot for, you know, security pieces within strategic planning within a tribal government. So that's, I can see that uh, crossover. It's really, it's really cool. Now, Andreas, you are the regional sales manager for Splunk, covering the Department of Interior, tribes, casinos, and focusing on providing a number of services, including uh, data sovereignty technology solutions, which is a huge concern and topic and something that we talk about all the time in this space. So how, how did you get to get to where you are with Splunk? Yeah, Michelle. So uh, I'm the lucky guy that gets to cover the, the entire country and work with all the tribal enterprise and, and uh tribal government. I've been at Splunk almost four and a half years now, and and I've always focused on uh, just kind of being a connector and a resource, right? When I, when I take a step back and I think about all the customers that we get to work with day in, day out across the country, a lot of folks, similar to what Frank said, have a lot of the same problems, strategic initiatives around data, governance, data security, and actually being able to use their data. So I, I've, uh, I landed at Splunk because I knew that it was best in breed when it came to using the most valuable resource that people have, which is the data. And, uh, you know, ever since then, just the goal is to help and, and guide and, and uh, focus more on specific and unique things that the the tribes and the different um, IT folks and the organizations need to achieve and just aligning what we do to what they want to do. So Uh it's a little bit about, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you guys have dedicated person and team working for tribes, because like you said, it is real, a real unique area that has a lot of unique issues that deserve some unique solutions and which is what you guys provide. So that's great. I'll say, Michelle, one other thing, I think something special about Splunk is that we have a a large group of folks focused on that, uh, on the specific space, right? We have an ERG, it's called an employee resource group. And there's a ton of folks that they get on and talk about their personal experiences with Indian country. So it's really cool. And I'm 
very proud that Splunk is focused on the native community. So when we like we started talking about wanting to do a podcast together, we talked about a lot of different topics and things that we could cover. And the one that we kind of talked about that seems to be circulating the most within circles of IT and even non-IT leaders right now is cybersecurity. Um, and, you know, within Tribal Hub, we talk about that so much. And we really try and, you know, talk to people outside of the IT world to really discuss tribal leaders at all levels need to be active in protecting their tribe, casino, enterprise, organization. You know, it's more than just the IT folks job, cybersecurity, you know what I mean? It's kind of everybody and how it really should be incorporated in the overall strategic plan of a facility. So what are some of the solutions you provide or recommend to clients that can help secure a tribe's data and systems? Yeah, Michelle, you bring up a really good point about, you know, security being everybody's responsibility. Statistically, you know, most security breaches happen via some type of, of social engineering or phishing via email that end users and folks who are just interacting with systems are the ones who have to be vigilant about. And, and so that is definitely a message that's really important that security is, is not just the purview of your cyber operation folks or your IT folks. And, and in, in that vein, what we have found is that the, this approach that we, we take to cyber, which is called risk-based alerting, that's kind of a technical term, but it's really about can we at Splunk take a lot of data that you've got coming in, this whole risk-based alerting construct is, can we take all this data and look at it and find individual events that happen that in and of themselves may not seem important, but when you put them together with other events that occurred, you might be able to see that, oh, here's, here's something that's coming. This is an attack that's happening to really help you with insight to be able to mitigate it before it actually becomes a problem. It also helps you with focusing your time and effort on the riskiest uh, types of events that happen versus the things that might look like they're a problem, but really aren't. So that's a construct that we're seeing a lot. This whole risk-based alerting approach is, is really key to maximizing your ability to mitigate problems that might be happening. Can I add one thing, Frank? And I think you're spot on in in the risk-based alerting framework. To give it, you know, in other words, in other contexts, it's like because there's so much data related to the cybersecurity efforts of like a security analyst or a CISO or IT manager, right? You just don't know where to start. Visibility is key. And then actually focusing in on what's the alert, what's the alarm, what do I really need to do? And at Splunk, our focus is helping you understand what is the actual sign of a breach? What is the real alarm that you need to prioritize to start looking into what could be happening? And, and following on with that, really, then, so if you're focused on that and you're, your folks are spending time on that, there's still these other things that are out there. Some of them are things that recur on a regular basis. And these recurring tasks, the other area that we're seeing a lot of our clients and customers looking at is automation. How do I take those events that I don't have to focus on because I've, decided, I've determined they're not critical but I still need to resolve them and make sure that there's nothing going on. They're looking at automation and that really saves 
your teams a tremendous amount of time and effort so that they can focus on those identified problems and and be able to then resolve the ones that are recurring problems like, you know, things like password resets um, is probably the classic example of a recurring task that a cyber group has to deal with. And so, so really that being able to automate those things so that nobody on your team has to touch them and get taken care of once you've determined how to resolve them, it's frees up, in some cases, half of the time of your individuals working in cyber. Another example that comes up a lot, Frank and Michelle, is phishing investigations. That, and, and Frank mentioned it, right, social engineering, and when you look at the statistics of when there are breaches, you know, what type put people in the headlines the most, it's those phishing, social engineering. So the automation piece uh, and what Splunk can do in that regard, um, phishing comes up a lot and some cool use cases around that too. Some of the tribes that we work with, they literally have two people in their IT team. And then you have other tribes who are pretty big and have 50, 60 people. So that varies so much. How do you guys address that from a point where, you know, you might have a tribe coming in with such a small staff and another tribe coming in with a large staff? Frank, if I can feel that first and then I'll pass it to you. But I absolutely agree with you, Michelle. And our customers today run the gambit, right, of, of two people, like you said, to 50 people. And I think that the, the most clear way I can define it is like scalability. Splunk can start very small. And when we talk about cybersecurity and helping IT organizations transform, everybody's on a different journey. So Splunk can scale to where you are specifically in that journey. And that's really where Frank, my team and I focus is that everybody's in a different place. Everybody has different amount of resources and Splunk can be tailored to where you are in the journey. And we like to start from that specific spot that people are in. Yeah, that's a great point. But it's a it's a challenge. We see it in, you know, local governments um, all the time, a similar problem. And so what we've what we found is there's a couple of ways that you can do do that. One is to provide look at things like software as a service or managed services, right? Where someone provides you pay someone to do this as part of your subscription to using Splunk or whatever tool you're looking for, when they can provide that 24/7 coverage that you can't do with a very small team. Um, and also from a software as a service provider, you know, you can leverage things like our uh, Splunk has a cloud offering. Others that of our managed service providers do that in the cloud. So you don't have to worry about building hardware and having all of the, you know, sufficient resources to architect and manage that very specialized deployment. Another way we're seeing smaller organizations, smaller entities deal with cyber is actually looking at it from an aggregate perspective. This is a this is a an approach that I'm seeing a lot in my state governments right now, where they are taking the cyber operations away from individual agencies like DMV or DOTs or something else, and they're building a statewide security operations center because that gives them the scale they need to cover all of those those options. I think at the tribal level, there may be some, maybe some places where aggregating at you know, kind of a the central part of you know a nation might be the might might be a way of getting that, and then taking the data from the the smaller entities in to get you to a place where you can scale uh, to a size that is sufficient. One of our customers, um, they're actually doing a student 
led SOC. So they're taking students and they're actually running the security operations center, right? Getting them practical application. They're getting paid to do that, but but they're not full-time employees so that you don't get into this, you know, place where you just don't have the headcount to do what needs to be done. So there's lots of innovations around how smaller, you know, tribes can, can handle that. And I think for the larger tribes, right, we this idea that there's a kind of a comprehensive framework for security that includes things like threat intelligence and uh, behavior analytics for insider threat um, and, and all that, having that framework in place that so you can start to build out that framework is really important to make sure you're not just focusing on certain areas of cyber that are certainly of a concern, but making sure you're looking at it from more of a comprehensive strategy around your cybersecurity posture. That's interesting. It, you know, if, if I was a tribe and I have, you know, a health center and I have three casinos, and I also have, you know, membership services, government enterprises, things like that. And you have somebody, an IT director who's maybe covering all of those pieces and they call you and they're like, man, we need we need some help. We we need to strengthen where we're at as far as, you know, our security posture. What is the first thing that you guys would do if you were, you know, took a call like that? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. I think um, to your point, healthcare is a very specific vulnerability that we see. Um, we we I cover academic medical centers, right? So anybody who's a healthcare provider that is associated with the university also falls under our purview. And there's some very specific HIPAA and other things that we can help address. And I think really where we would start with would be let's let's spend some time doing an inventory around what are your uh, most you know, prioritized concerns um, and, and kind of build a roadmap for how you get there based on what are the things that are most top of mind to you and build out, you know, kind of what we call a, a value path, which is a road mapping exercise that lets you really start to lay out your priorities. And then we can help you understand, well, okay, what data do you need? What kind of resources do you need in order to be able to address those and then build out a plan to, to get you to eventually the place where you have a, a full coverage of, you know, a, of your cyber um, posture. Yeah, precisely. I, I would I would just add that, you know, it all centers around the data in regard to like, what would we do? Where would we start? And a lot of folks that we talk to day in, day out are in that space with the enterprise and healthcare and the actual services are disparate, but there's big issues as far as like, where do we go? Where do we start? And one of the things that we like to do is focus on what are the data sources and what are the applications? What are the services that are critical that you need to, to get insight to insight on? And then we start using that framework that, that Frank has talked about to, to roadmap and uh, frame out where you could achieve a lot of up leveling security and up leveling the ability to be compliant with HIPAA, be compliant with other things that are, that are out there. So it is a unique approach for every uh, different organization, every tribe, every casino, but we use best practices and framework across the industry, like the MITRE ATT&CK framework, the Center for Internet Security, top 20 critical controls. So I would say that, you know, we, we take a different approach for every every um, organization while still bringing in best practices and framework from across the industry that, that we at Splunk see be successful. 
Yeah. And, you know, there are some data sources that are absolutely critical to getting you basic insights. And we would typically always start there and then 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 go from there. That's a really good point. Can you talk to me a little bit about data sovereignty? Uh, as, as long as I have been working with tribes, that has been two words that come up all the time, especially with, you know, so many, so many tribes moving to cloud or even, you know, maybe some cloud and, and some on-prem, you know, it's just, it's something that no matter where your tribe is at, it's, it's always coming up. It's always a conversation. It's always an issue. Uh, you guys obviously work with this day in and day out. So I would just love to just hear some of your thoughts on, on that and what you've, what you've seen, I guess, over the years and, and how you're seeing that progress. Yeah, I think data sovereignty is obviously very important to to our tribal customers and organizations. What I'll say is I've seen the trend, just like you mentioned, right, over the past few years, there's been a, an a overall trend of understanding that, you know, virtualized environments, hybrid environments, cloud environments are just part of part of information technology now and, and moving data into those different places is going to be part of what happens naturally. Now, what we're able to do there is more around our observability uh, capabilities and helping you maintain visibility into all where you're putting that data. Understandably, some tribes and casinos specifically like can't move their data out of their data center, but that's right now. And in the future, they're going to need to. It's just part of what will happen. And as they do that, observability becomes more of a key. Data sovereignty has a lot of faces, right? We see this a lot where, you know, a cyber team has data in their Splunk and they don't want to share that even with anybody within their own organization because they're afraid, you know, they might impact their ability to do their job. It really is um, a complex, you know, conversation. I think when it comes to things like cloud providers, right, we have controls in place to make sure that we're not looking at your data, even if it's in our cloud. Um, So I think most entities who are in this space who are providing these services, this has been a longstanding concern that I think they've done a pretty good job of addressing. But I think a lot of it is getting comfortable, uh, as, as Andre pointed out, you know, getting comfortable that the data may not always sit directly in your control on your servers in your physical space, but there's still a lot of, uh, of protection around that. The other place that data sovereignty comes in, I've seen a lot, is concerned about this whole, you know, what's identifiable. And and at Splunk, we actually have some capabilities that let you strip out some of that identifiable information uh, before it comes into Splunk uh, so that anybody who's using that data cannot see you know, exactly whose it is, but that we have a way for the appropriate people who have access to that information who can identify them. We've used this, for example, not too long ago at one of our university clients in Maryland, they were actually able, the public safety team was actually able to prevent a suicide because they, they in Splunk, they were seeing these social media feeds 
around suicidal ideation, they didn't have access to that person's identity, but they could contact someone who was authorized to see that to identify who that was and be able to go and, and intervene. So there are lots of places where, you know, we've done been doing this a while where you can separate out the, the different components of the data to make sure that privacy and, and sovereignty is, is maintained appropriately. Within your journeys, have you ever had to work with a tribe to explain or to, to gather approval from, you know, a tribal council leadership, general manager, that type of, of leadership in order to, you know, progress forward with, you know, securing data in the cloud? Because it, it seems to me like, when, you know, when I talk to people within tribes, it's not the IT staff necessarily who is, you know, leery of making that transformation and making that jump. But it's it's a lot of times the leadership who might not quite understand what that means. hundred percent. Yeah. As far as like tribal council and we, we focus a lot of time and energy on helping IT leadership make the business case and help other uh, stakeholders understand our compliance framework around like the cloud security that we provide the attestations that come along with it to make them feel comfortable with that move. We do have, that is always a part of our negotiation process when moving to the cloud is very pointed discussions around the terms and conditions of who can see what, when, where, and making sure that everybody is comfortable with, you know, all of those provisions is almost always a part of any, you know, move to cloud or any cloud contract that we do. And and to your point, that can be with IT, it can be with procurement, and sometimes it can be with, you know, leadership as well. Over the, over the past few months, we, we have had the opportunity to work with new customers that have wanted to do Splunk Cloud and leadership has been open to understanding and, and allowing us to come in and explain our security framework around the compliance and, and how it makes sense for their business and is safe for their business. And uh, we've had a lot of success doing that. So feel really, really comfortable with that kind of um, dialogue in helping leadership make the business case, make the technology case for, you know, the new transformation where data sovereignty and ultimately cloud technology is going. And, and really that's this whole conversation leads me to one of my last questions, which is, you know, based on, on this conversation and what you're seeing outside of just cloud transformation, how should tribes be preparing for the future when it comes to securing their data? I know we just talked a lot about the cloud and, and hybrid models, et cetera, but what else should they be really looking for and preparing for? Yeah, I think I think the threats are only going to get more pervasive and sophisticated. And I think uh, Andre said the word earlier um, that's really critical, which is visibility. Having you know your security broken up across many tools and many views, those that 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 is a recipe for providing holes for threats to come through. And so really having that broad, comprehensive framework that we talked about that, that encompasses, you know, not just external threats, but also looking at internal threats and at where some of those threats are coming from. Can we identify phishing bots before they ever reach you and be able to turn them away before they ever get into your email system? Those are all things that are part of kind of a comprehensive view that are going to be really critical to getting to a place where you're 
kind of future-proofing your cyber operations. Right now, too many organizations, I think, have siloed security data, um, and, and that just opens up real opportunities for breaches and other types of, you know, um, mishandling of, of data and of threats. And that's really where Splunk comes in, right? As a security information and event management platform, like Frank was mentioning, everybody's doing a great job and doing their best with the resources they have and budget they have to get security point solutions. You know, we, we all know what they are, firewall, antivirus, IDS, IPS, so many things that can give you the coverage that you need, right, to stop certain threats. But threats are evolving. And without the ability to correlate all of that data, correlate those different solutions into one centralized place, that allows you to get that visibility, that allows you to go back and do what we talked about a little bit as far as like prioritizing what are the real alerts? Where do we really have vulnerabilities? That's where Splunk can come in and help. And the other thing I'd say, Michelle, to, to your point about where should tribes and tribal enterprises be thinking is cybersecurity is only going to get hotter, right? The topic is only going to continue to be discussed. It's going to evolve. And one of the things that's going to evolve with it is just costs. Uh, we're seeing across the board cyber insurance premiums for 5x if folks aren't doing um, certain things that are deemed necessary by the providers. One of them is actually having a SIM in place. We've seen a lot of success. There's a lot of funding coming down and funding is prioritized, right, for organizations across the board for many different things. But cybersecurity has become a focus and there's been a lot of success in making the business case for augmenting cybersecurity budgets and the need for having a SIM in place. So I would say, uh, you know, the the evolving nature and the complexity of security is only going to grow, but the costs are only going to grow as well. So just something to think about there. Yeah. And definitely another case to get your leadership on all levels on board so that everybody can be ready for that increase in cost and, and understand how it will affect everybody in the entire tribe and organization. Absolutely. And I think to Dre's point, you know, some of the um, the tribes that are really sophisticated at getting some of this funding that's coming out will be well ahead of the game because there is a lot of funding in the pipeline. Well, thank you both for coming today on and sharing your expertise with us and our listeners. Is there anything you'd like to share with us before we wrap up today? Really appreciate the opportunity, Michelle. I'm very pumped, excited about the partnership uh, with TribalNet, Tribal Value, and and, uh, frankly, the work that we've been doing across the space with different casinos and and tribal governments. So just excited to keep the momentum going and um, happy to help in any way. I think if there's one closing thing for me is I think everybody's security journey and uh, situation are unique. And I think I always try to focus in and, and Splunk always does as well, just enabling and empowering and helping people understand how can we improve? Where where do we start and where can we go? Just thank you, Michelle. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Enjoy it. All right. You guys have a great day and we will talk to you soon. You can find links to Splunk in our podcast notes or visit Splunk. Dot com. That's S-P-L-U-N-K dot com. Don't forget to subscribe and follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. Connect with all of us here by searching Tribal Hub on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or visit our webpage at tribalhub.com.